Today on Talk About That, John takes us inside the competitive world of teen Bible quiz and shares one of the worst parts about his time as a youth pastor. Meanwhile, I threaten to record the podcast shirtless and ponder the strange phenomenon of mascot genders for school sports teams. Also, a conversation about hope. Today's episode is not sponsored by Black Licorice, for people who love candy but hate themselves. Here we go. It's your favorite podcast, we hope. Let's talk about that. I don't think, maybe even in like top five would be enough. Yeah, I don't have to be number one. I've never been number one at things. Have you ever been number one at something? I mean, I've won. Sword drills? <laughs> Remember those? You know, I was always second place in Bible quiz, which is what we called. We had Bible Who quiz. Who was your nemesis? Like, I'd win. Do you and- still know that person? If you <laughs> found him on Facebook and be like, this son of a gun. It was that crazy Johnny Davis. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. No, I was always like, I don't know. I was always, it's kind of like Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas, always got voted five years in a row mm-hmm. the second best place to work in Dallas. And like Southwest Airlines was always number one. Well, yeah, you're or, in Dallas. But then Southwest would be like number three and someone else would be number one. And they never could make number one. It was always a different number one, but they were always number I two. I don't think there's any way that an airline would be number one right now. Not to work. right now. Your best place to work. Not right you're just now. dealing with <laughs> unruly passengers and angry. I think you, you got a flight coming up, I think, soon. I think yeah. you should... Get thrown off and video it and get some I traction. Get, uh, I'm going. I'm getting duct taped. <laughs> Have you seen this? They're duct taping people. I didn't see this. What is going on, man? What is wrong with? First people? of all, how do they have duct tape handy? That makes me feel like they're patching these wings with duct tape. <laughs> you know, why, <laughs> why, is, why is it on the plane? Why is duct tape even on the plane? That's a hey, great. just in case, just, guys, if you get stuck you up there, you see one of these flaps hanging out. Like, go over there. If you see liquid coming out the side, because sometimes you're waiting on the plane, you're like. Why haven't we taken off yet? Then they're like, all right, we're you ready hear, to go. <laughs> yeah, if you hear a tearing sound, <laughs> get off the plane. Yeah. I'm, but I don't know what that guy did. Didn't, he was being really unruly. And I think they said, we're not going to divert these 150 people. Yeah. We're just going to duct tape this guy down. He, they got in trouble for it, I think. I don't think it was like, oh, that was the right thing to do. Did they get in trouble? What I is thought, the like, protocol? Isn't it like you're the captain of the ship? Like Maybe. You can oh, do, and you can, if there's mutiny, you just, you shut it down. You do whatever, man. Yeah. I'm the captain. I wasn't mad because I was like, clearly the guy was out of hand. But at the same time, like, what if they decide one day that you asking for an extra thing of pretzels is duct tape worthy? You're such a slippery slope kind of guy. I man. am, bro. No, I, I it's think. It's all, what, they can't duct tape us all. It's sure they can. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of duct tape. It is, man. You just uh, show up, the whole cabin's just. I am the guy, and you've been with me on flights, I am the guy that when they say, put your computer away, mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. And like when they come by, I hide it. Well, sometimes they ask you, it's like 30 minutes left in the flight, yes. and you're like, you don't need this. Or well, you know we haven't even taxied away yet. Go ahead and put away your big devices. I'm like, I could they get another s- 300 words written. They used to say, they've changed the rules on us, that's the thing too. They used to say, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if your laptop is two pounds or more. So I bought a MacBook Air because of that. Because okay. Mac, because but now they just say large laptop, shut them down. And I'm like, I bought this because it was. And I think it's because it could become airborne and like bludgeon someone inadvertently. Yeah, Isn't that the idea of can it? Can an iPad Pro do the same? You know what I'm saying? Look, it is it is a slippery slope. <laughs> You're making the argument. Yeah, an iPad Pro could do some damage, bro. I don't. A phone could hurt you. I don't know what the deal is with it. Like, just let it. Let's let me be my computer. When they used to say shut it off, they wouldn't even let you have it on at all during 
And I, I always thought, like, the first 15 minutes and last 15 minutes of a flight, shut off everything, and yeah. then they started letting you use your phones in airplane mode, which nobody goes into airplane mode. No. But I always thought the reason was they want your full attention yeah. because the, if something bad's going to happen on the flight, it's going to happen the first 15 minutes, last 15 minutes. Take off right. and landing is when, like, things go really wrong. So they just want you to be, like, not have headphones in blaring Van Halen. I think that's what I would want to happen if the plane's going down. Like, look, just let me... Well, how many flights have you been on where if it you get a little bit turbulence, like if they ever if it ever did start happening, I'd be like, Can we repeat those announcements again? I've not listened one time to the announcements. <laughs> can I can you go over Excuse those me, one more time? Ah, I was screaming. What's up with the oxygen? Do I do mine then the you know, Reggie child a, next to me? Reggie had a story in our first book where yeah. he was on a plane and it like suddenly dropped like forty feet. Whew. And there was a guy who had been well, it probably wasn't 40 feet. 40 no, feet No, it be. was like a Well, I'm huge. saying it's probably a lot more than 40. Oh, well, like, whatever it was. To feel it, it probably had to be like, you know, 100 feet. And the guy had been all like completely a different kind of guy. And suddenly he like got on his knees after oh, wow. they and, and like begged Jesus into his life kind of thing. Like it, yeah. was, it was, he thought he, he was dying. No, no atheists in foxholes yeah. kind of a mindset. And guess who was there? Reggie. Reggie. Like how he was I, like, too late! And he just, <laughs> he, he duct taped the guy to the seat. <laughs> oh, I love a Reggie Dab story that ends like that. Right. And I told that guy, you go straight to, you know, he does have a story in the new book. So he mm-hmm. has two plane stories, because Reggie has a lot of plane stories. You know, he's a 3.5 million miler with Delta. Good grief. And so I don't mind telling this, because the book's coming out, and... And, you know, we talked, and the publisher would like for me to talk more about the book, Johnny, and you All would, right. too. You've already told it's me. It's fine. Talk about your book. So he has two plane stories. One plane story, he gets on the plane in first class, because he's Reggie, mm-hmm. and he has all these miles, and this guy behind them says to the, to the flight attendant, oh, it just says out loud, that guy's got my seat. And Reggie doesn't really turn around. He goes, you know why? Because Delta's going black. He says this. This oh, is wow. like this year or last year. I mean, it was like very recent. Reggie's, so he thinks he got a first class thinks, seat because he's black. He thinks that Reggie got the best first class seat okay. because Delta's trying to favor black people. Like they're over overcompensating, him. yeah. Yeah. And the guy keeps making these comments and Reggie doesn't say anything. Yeah. And so the flight attendant walks up to Reggie and is like, Hey, would you like for me to shut him up? And she was like he was like, Ma'am, do whatever you want to do. She goes back there and says, Hey, Mr. Smith or whatever, um, you know, it was Johnny Davis, the Bible quiz guy. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't believe he it. He came back in. <laughs> he wasn't. Like, he may know how to get to those scriptures, but he's not reading them very well. <laughs> so Comprehension. She, said, she says, hey, Mr. Davis, I see here that you're a million-mile flyer with yeah. Delta, and we're very grateful for you. But Mr. Dabbs uh, is a 3.5 million-mile flyer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is his seat, and we're going to need you to stop harassing him. Whew. And so she just, like, shut him up. And so when they land, they uh-huh. stand up, and the guy goes, what do you do for a living? And so you know, Reggie Dabbs, I've never, and this is not rude at all, but Reggie engages everybody. Yeah. And so Reggie says, um, you know what, sir, you forfeited the right to have a normal conversation with me, and so maybe we can try again next time. Have a great day. And leaves. Mm, whoa, nice. Because and, and the way we write that is, is he wasn't really. In, he just wanted to know well, how a black guy had yeah, a job yeah, yeah. good enough to be right ahead of him very, on the yeah. plane. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. almost like I've been in. Sh- I've been in shows before where there was like a heckler, mm-hmm. and hecklers. There's different kinds of hecklers. There's the you suck heckler, which is very rare. What you usually get is the helper heckler. Mm-hmm. 
they're like, ah, they're repeating your punchlines. They're woo or whatever. Yeah. And finally, this comedian in front of me like had to shut him down and be like, dude, you can't. What are you doing? Stop it. And then, but they didn't remove the guy, which the club just dropped the ball on that. You're supposed to remove hecklers if they get unruly. Yeah. They wouldn't remove the guy, and he kept like shouting out stuff. And then after the show, the guy wanted to come over to him and be like, hey, man, I didn't mean anything by it, man. You're really funny. I didn't. And the guy was like, no, you ruined the show for this whole room of people that paid to be here. So don't come over and try to like explain yourself now and be friends with me. Yeah. Like, well, here's what I meant was it's like all you had to do was shut up. Mm. Heckler's remorse, we call it. Yeah. Yeah. There's your book. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, if I wrote a the book Johnny every Davis time. story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Heck it would be great story. to like weaponize this podcast against people who have slighted us. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like we, we instead were so neurotic, we weaponize it against ourselves and apologize for our former <laughs> selves. When what we should have been doing is what everybody else does, which is be like, this girl, you know, broke my heart, and here it goes, oh, Genevieve. You're going down. I would. I dated a girl named Genevieve, yeah. evidently. <laughs> she was Johnny Davis's ex girlfriend. Oh, that's right. You d- you have weaponized it a few times. Oh, have I? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Mainly against old producers that we've worked with. Right, and you don't want me to say their names. No, I just am like I'm so uncomfortable. But it's like and- um, it's almost like that thing of first of all, they're not listening. Well, first of all, that's offensive. How do I mean, you know? Uh, Nobody's like, oh, are they? Anna? I want to make sure my name's not being bandied about. They don't care. They're that. They don't have any. They didn't have the awareness to be good to us in real life, so they're not going to be like finding our podcast and listening for their name drop. Maybe they think that they're the one that gave us our start. It's true. That could be. Yeah. And there are there people that lack self awareness could really have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your second thing though? Oh, I don't know. When you, you were like, first of all, well, yeah, I just don't think. Oh, it's the Anne Lamott thing of like, if you wanted to be represented better in my art, you should have behaved better. Yeah, that's you good. know, like if you write a t- if you write a confessional book, yeah, because uh, you're working on this now. You're talking about your history with you're even with the racism book. You're talking about racial reconciliation. You're talking about your own views, yeah. kind of uh, morphing over the years and yeah. adapting. And you're having to confront, you know, ideas that we were necessarily sometimes raised with. Yeah. That you're now going, well, this probably was an incorrect or at least ill-informed viewpoint. But you also don't want to come out and be like, my family, we're backwoods. What? Like, you, that's not true. It's a nuance. There's nuance to right. it. So, But if you don't tell the whole truth of, like, this is my experience, then you're not – it's not a confessional book. It's not true. Yeah, it's hard it's because – it's hard for me to confess for others because mm-hmm. as much as we act like we're an individualized society, we are in community whether we like it or not with family, with people around us, with work, you know, yeah. all those things. And when you confess something, it usually is not happening in a vacuum and in isolation. It's happening with other people. And so I – that's an interesting thing I have never vocalized before or articulated that I struggle – when I'm confessing something that it is indicting. And you're roping in other yeah. people. I, I, and you're making them sometimes feel a certain way about like, well, I don't necessarily think that what I did was right. whatever. They may not be where I am on it, for better or for worse. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not my job to get them there. Yeah. A lot of that, we talked about this before, but you know, when I began confessing some things about want, wishing I had a, few, a, a fuller viewpoint of gospel things in youth ministry days, Mm -hmm. it really is hard for kids. And I get that now who have a very, you know, sort of idealized rose hewn 
look at this fun, great experience we had for these four to six years. And it's true. And I don't want to rob them of that because it was awesome, you know, but so it's, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. And there were so many good things. That's yeah. the hard part. Like you feel like you're tearing the whole thing down because of some bad building blocks. And that's the deal. I don't do a very good job. I'm really working on this. I don't do a very good job of seeing the positive in my own life. Um, it's funny. Like when, when there's a win, I, I'll, I'll say this. I can't say what it is. There is a pretty major interview. Well. Pretty major interview that's, that's requested us for this book in October. Well, la di da Oprah's coming out of retirement. Like it's a major interview that like is just – kind of a once in a lifetime thing, especially for Christian authors. The first thing I think when it comes, I mean, I'm excited Yeah, is I'm thinking this could fall through Yeah, yeah. because of COVID immediately this could fall through because the news cycle pushes us out. Like, and like, it's this scarcity mindset of don't hope too much Yeah, because you've been hurt before, you know? Um, but you realize then in some ways I don't enjoy things. Like I'm not, yeah. even, I'm not enjoying that like moment. Uh, I guess I would enjoy it if it actually happens, but I have two months to wait, you know, for that, um, which is great. But I do, I, I find myself very, I mitigate my future uh-huh. disasters. I try to. Yeah, uh, it takes. Yeah, you you take you have to take a risk in hoping for to get the true joy out of the experience. So you protect yourself from the hope, and then you just have this numbness. Yeah. Like when good and bad happens, you're just like, well, this is just, you take the good, you take, it's the it's the Facts of Life theme song, basically. You take them both, and there you have, I don't know, John. Well, yeah, and another thing is I'm always moving to the next opportunity. It's like it, it, you get in such perpetual motion that it it's hard Hang on a second. I got a great C.S. Lewis quote. It reminded oh, me of. Oh, here we go. This is this is what you were. I'm summing up what you're saying. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, your and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. Hang on. Uh, T-Mobile. It will change. It will become, it will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. So it's like hmm. when you, that's really more about love and like care for someone else. But it's also that thing of like, we let ourselves, we give ourselves the ability to be hurt by an opportunity going away or yeah. a relationship going away. And so you can decide not to do those things, which a lot of people have done. And I think the pandemic has probably worsened that. Yeah. Because you feel like this is the right thing to do to isolate. Right. I'm a hero, you know, in essence. <laughs> right. But there's there's consequences of that too. Mm. Like it has its own set of of you know um, obstacles, its own set of of consequences when you lock yourself away from hope or whatever it is. So I don't know. I'm definitely not a pie in the sky optimist, but I I try to let myself feel like I'm worthy of good things and that, you know, I've worked hard for good things, but yeah, it's when, even now the calendar's starting to open up a little bit and I'm like, yeah, but Delta and this could yeah. all be taken away. I'm, I'm living in that. The window is closing. Like what is going to happen? It, it's hard. It's hard to hope. It's, it takes courage. Yeah, you know? it does. And the older you get, the harder it is mm-hmm. because you have more evidence of things that hurt 
and you have more. But the thing is, I, I think I remember the negative more than the positive in some ways, just the way I'm made. Yeah. Because I was very, you remember this, I was a very hopeful Man, until you 20s. met me. Oh, my goodness. Until I you gotta, brought I reality. You. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that Johnny Davis. Well, I mean, Laura, <laughs> Laura used to accuse me of being, you know, an optimist. Yeah. And not in a good way. She was, oh, of, course, right. of course, pessimists are well, yeah, never pessimists. They're, they're realists. Right. Well, yeah, and you look at an optimist as almost somebody that just doesn't have all the facts. Yeah. This poor, naive mm-hmm. rube. It's like, a, it's like Mayberry. When you see people skipping rocks on a lake, you're like, don't you know the world's on fire? What's wrong with you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. feel better than them. It's a way to put yourself above them. To Laura's defense, she was right about a lot of that. I did not have a lot of the facts. But yeah. there is a... Um, and now you're like, now I'm down here with you. This is just <laughs> this the is best. This is not fun. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a... I think that's where faith comes in. I mean, there's something... One of the One of the endorsements for the book says, you know, we can neither we don't have to bury our head in the sand or lose our head in all of the the mess and the the cynicism and the right. outrage like it's like one or the other bury your head or lose your head mm-hmm. and it's like man somewhere in the middle of I, my eyes are open to what's happening yet i hope but i can't hope in outcomes because yeah. you're going to lose that and then when you're young you hope in outcomes um, and when something good happens, you're like, oh, anything good could happen, you know. And when you get older, you're like, okay, a lot of good happens, and then there's a lot of disappointment. And so now what will I hope in? If I've been hoping in positive outcomes, especially when you finally even attain some of the things you worked for, you finish college, you get the job, mm-hmm. you know, talk about that um, in plenty of places of life, you get married, you have children, like you begin to kind of check off that list of things that have always been so key to you that are now – attained that mm-hmm. once seemed even unattainable in certain areas of life, the, it really causes you to stop and go, what do I really hope in? Do I have hope? Um, for me, that's when faith has been harder yet way deeper and more rewarding because hope now becomes a conscious, it's a way more conscious choice Yeah. now for me to go, hey, today, and, and I love how recovery says this and our friend John Elmore says this, that my goal today is to be sober from my worry, my anxiousness, my control, my anger. Worry seems to be my trigger for all of those things. Like if I can be sober from worry for this 24 hours, then that's a good day. And I try to string together as many of those days as I can. That's really how recovery happens. You know, he was an alcoholic for years and years. He's like, if if you ask an alcoholic, I mean, this dude was drinking two bottles of wine and a fifth of whiskey a day. Mm. Like his doctor said, you're going to die. He said, if you would have told me, hey, could you think you could be sober forever? He's like, not a chance. But right. someone asked him one day, do you think you could be sober for the next 24 hours? And he was like, well, I, I could try that. And then eventually those 24 hours, right. you string, know, it together. string it together. So for me, like, can I hope today? And it sounds cliche, but it really is when I get older, the cliches are there for a reason. I'm going, okay, wow, that's not cliche at all. That's really all I have. Um, Lots of good things and bad things happen, but I know they're temporal. I think that's the thing. Like, if a good thing happens, the interview happens, like, I know now that's awesome. That's not going to satisfy all the things in my life. There's a day in time I probably thought right. about Right. We probably won't be friends anymore. Right. You'll be like, oh, this is the dream. I have I've attained. Moved. I'm bigger than Johnny now. You leveled up. But honestly, what does that really mean? And now you'll just have your own solo podcast right. without me. Just talk. The jo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know if I can do my own podcast. Well, it's like the, but you need to level up. It's like the, there was a Seinfeld I was watching the other day, an old one. Well, they're all old. But uh, old Elaine's one. dating this guy who she isn't like, he's a med school intern, basically. And she goes, you you are a doctor? He goes, no, I've, I've took taken the test. Whatever it's called, the MCAT. Is it the MCATs? I don't know what it is. Mm. Anyway, it says, I've failed it a bunch of times and I just, I'm not going to keep trying. She's like. I could be dating a doctor. And so she like basically starts like withholding intimacy from him while he studies. So he like gets really focused and he passes. She's like, I, this is the dream of dating a doctor, you know, like tell all my friends I'm dating a doctor. And then he becomes a doctor and he immediately dumps her. And she's like, what? He goes, that's the, I knew that when I became a doctor, I would break up with whoever I was with and go find someone better. That's the dream of becoming a doctor. <laughs> like, it's just such a, so that's you. You want to just you know, that move reminds, on. That reminds me of another classic show uh, <laughs> called Victorious on Nickelodeon. Uh, that's where a classic show. I don't, I'm not aware. Of Ariana that Grande's character. Oh, okay. She was in a play, but she wore her blonde wig and yeah. blue eye uh, contacts out to afterwards with the friends and some dude meets her and she forgets she's wearing it and they've had this huge connection the next mm-hmm. day they were like well i mean you told him you're a redhead with brown eyes she's like oh gosh i forgot and i'm like oh he'll love you exactly for who you are don't worry about it so you know at the end she takes off her wig and all and he's like you're beautiful but i'm just into blondes and he just walks away wow. like it was like a you know but yeah. they somehow made it funny but uh, it's it was kind of kind sad of for a tragic second. Tragic yeah. and awful. Well, then the other guy who really likes her wrote her a song about how. And she's there on a grande, and she's beautiful. So she went on to be you... a billionaire. I think That's it worked true. out. It yeah. did. <laughs> okay, because money solves everything. Is that what you're saying, John? Yeah. Well, Johnny. Good grief! I don't know. If you give me some money to spend the time looking for the answers, does that one help? It's. Uh... What's the old? Uh, I think David Lee Roth used to say that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a boat, and it'll pull up right on beside happiness. <laughs> <laughs> You can see it from the boat. Wasn't there a country song? Uh, they say money. Uh, I think that's the song. It'll say, but it'll buy me a yeah. boat. It'll buy, buy me, me a happiness. Maybe, maybe so, but it'll buy me a boat. Yeah, that's, that's David. He stole that from David Lee Roth. Basically. So all of y'all out there who are country fans are like, why are you? But I think David Lee Roth. Might, they might have said yacht. So yacht is not a country word. Like, no, country stars don't want to buy yachts. No, first of all, the C is silent. Yeah, isn't it? Yacht. Yacht. <laughs> I don't like to know the etymology of the word yacht. You know, on Sirius XM, they play, uh, there's a station that this plays what's called Yacht Rock. And it's basically like smooth, soft rock. It's like, you know, nice. we built this city and, uh, you know, Christopher Cross. Yeah. Sailing takes me away. It's very, <laughs> it's very, it's a great, and you know what? I love it. I don't care. Like, I'm an really? old person now. And I'm like, I really, this makes me feel good. Wow. It's very, it doesn't. I just you can just zone out. You just put on your orthopedic shoes. It's not shoes. challenging in any way. Yeah, it's right. terrific. Put There's no your, politics in it. Put your wart medicine on. Yeah. Just sit back with a heating pad on your back. <laughs> Jeez. I got a lot of ailments in your <laughs> version of me. Well, do you don't do that every night? It's, I got uh, problems evidently. Yeah. Sheesh. So we were eating lunch beforehand, and this is gonna be a little shorter podcast because you have to go to an interview. Uh, and the deal is the reason it's shorter is we went to leave. We yeah. went in, it was sunny and we came out. It, it was, was a, a deluge. Frog strangler. <laughs> it was bad. That's a real frog strangler is almost as country as gully washer. That's a real, yeah. that's a, did you ever grow up here in gully, gully washer? Watch out, it's a gully washer. You're a frog strangler. I tell you right now, it's a, you got one? I don't know. Okay. Frog strangler sounds like a 
amphibious serial killer. He's out there. We're searching for him. <laughs> if you've seen this frog. But we ran to our cars. We're like, oh, the podcast won't wait. Our listeners right now. We did. We decided eventually. Because you yeah. wait for a while, then you're like, it's not letting up. And we just came out and just got soaked. Yeah. And I'm in I'm jeans still today. Wet. And I'm and still I'm, wet. Yeah, I'm actually soaked. I'm standing at my standing desk because I don't want to sit down in it. And then we drove five, <laughs> like not even a mile to the church. We get out. It's sunny Absolutely here. sunny. So oh. either we could have just waited and it would have passed. I don't know if it would have or not. Or it was just like we went to the dividing line of... <laughs> you were like, between it's coming two, for us between again. Between two like it's tracking us. That's right. It's circling back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my sweatshirt. So we, the things we go through for you guys. Guys, we do this because we're, we love we're you. We're damp right now. Oh, my goodness. As we say this. It's affected our performance. There's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, couldn't we have do been. It. We do it for you. Couldn't have been the big lunch that we ate. I'm just going to so. take off my shirt. It's audio. <laughs> I don't think, I don't nobody, think you are. <laughs> this is my office, sir. You will cease and desist. <laughs> It'd be weird if somebody just came in. <laughs> I like some man the shirtless. staff at the church, and we're both shirtless. You don't I, understand. <laughs> we were at Longhorn. And then <laughs> they're like, we don't, we don't care. We don't care. I'm out of here. Well, that's uh, that's funny. It's a very masculine podcast. We're just shirtless bros doing podcasts together. We're not the kind of bros to do that. No. You know what I'm saying? We were taught shame for our bodies. Absolutely. You should shame and feel shame. You don't shame others, just yourself. It's like almost like a Garden of Eden thing. Like, where's my fig leaf? Right. You know, you should feel like if you're naked, you should be immediately, like even when I get out of the shower, I'm like immediately like, I know where the towel is. I'm going to get to that towel as soon as I can. (laughs) It's not like, I think I'll walk around naked for a little while. It's like. Where's the towel? Yeah. 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 I don't have anything I can say that's appropriate. Well, like so in it's... gym class, I remember in gym class, I was very fair haired, uh, very blonde, very almost white. My hair was yeah. in, when I was in grade school. And I found this out later. I wish I'd known it then, but like people who have fair hair, they don't get underarm hair early. Like it's like it's a, yeah. it's a correlation or it's yeah. very fine and fair. So underarm hair was such a big deal to me. Because, yeah. like, I was in sixth, seventh grade. Some of these kids started just sprouting just bushes from underneath their arms. Just amazing. Yeah. Shrubberies. Yeah. It was unbelievable. They got alfalfa in a headlock. And I and I don't know why I wanted it because, like, that's the dumbest thing ever now. Because it just means your underarm's going to stink a lot more. Like, it just, yeah. it's not good. I think mine holds a, the, a good smell in. That's what it does. It traps <laughs> the good smell. Maybe. But I was just, like, I was, I was like, teased for that. Wow. And I remember, and now you, you grow up, you realize, like, it's the stupidest thing ever to feel like that was a big deal. But I just remember thinking, like, yeah, they look like they had, it was bad. Yeah, adolescence is brutal. Like, it's a, the little things you are You don't want to so be the first big. person to get underarm hair or the last person. Yeah. I'm sure it's like girls with boobs, too. Same thing. It's got to be. I remember, if you want to be vulnerable, I remember when my mom or dad, one, told me I needed to wear deodorant. Yeah. I remember I... I like pitched a fit. Like yeah. I was in tears out of sh- out of embarrassment. Like uh-huh. it was like this weird, like an- embarrassed that someone insinuated that I didn't smell good, which right. was true. But that I didn't want it to be known. Teenage boys, bro. I'm telling you, like, oh. if you ever been a, a youth pastor for a junior high group oh. and gone on a lock in or there's anything, there's a distinctive smell. It is. Oh, my gosh. But it's not just teenage boys. I'll be quite honest with you. When I would go in to clear out hotel rooms to make yeah. sure that we didn't leave anything behind, the girls' room smelled way worse. Interesting. Part of that is is the, the amount of product that had been sprayed into the air on top of the existing right. like, smell. Because, yeah, we came up with Axe Body Spray was becoming oh. a thing, and it was like 
this will mask it all. And no, sir, it does not. No, it does not. And then I think I, I think I was upset though, because I was, it was like this trend. I'm, 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 it's time to be more grown up and Uh I want to be a kid. Yeah. Like there's a part of me, I'm sure a part of me that wants a girlfriend and there's a part of me that wants to be a kid and still watch cartoons. It's like that weird, I mean, we used to have kids in like sixth grade, seventh grade when we were doing youth ministry and you had, Laura and I talk about this all the time. You had some like 12, 13 year old girls who were struggling with sexual temptation, mm-hmm. with their boyfriends. And you had some 12, 13 year old girls who were still playing with my little ponies right? in the same group. Like you had this and neither, you know, it was just like, there was no moment where it all right. just it clicks, clicks for everybody. For, yeah. yeah. Even when I was watching, we went to Sadie's volleyball game. And I remember thinking like, these girls are all around the same age and yet they're, they look wildly different. There were yeah. some that looked like they were 10 years old yeah. and some that looked like full grown women. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. And crazy. then they have to just deal with like, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I've not hit my growth spurt yet or whatever it is. And I just got to live in this in between. Yeah. And boys deal with it probably more oh, than sure. the girls. Because girls grow. They yeah. have their growth spurt early you on or whatever. Boys that, you know, the grow- girls get taller than all the boys at first. It's a weird moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, the first Sadie Hawkins dance. By the way, you and Curry being at the games uh, yeah. meant a lot. Meant oh, it was great. Oh, it was so good. And Sadie's, yeah. Sadie's so good. She, she's doing well. She's doing well. She's I think I'm a good of- luck charm. She she served like 11 in a row. She did. 11 she did. in a row. Some of them were just like straight up aces, could not be returned. And, and you know, you can go back to old episodes to hear the story of the time Uncle Johnny was there and we were down like 24 uh-huh. to 18, which means... 25 is game point. Right. Yeah. And if you make one mistake, it's over because it's a match point. Every, every time you hit the ball, someone yeah. scores. And Sadie scored all the way back from 18. We won the game. She yeah. had to score like 26 to make it work. Right. And, and right, at, <laughs> right at the game point... It was like two before, I think. It was silent in the gym. Sil- and metal bleachers. And I, for some reason, I was looking at my phone. I can't remember <laughs> if I was going to take a picture or something. My phone just dropped out of my hand. Yeah. Clank! 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 And I was Echo. like, what are you doing? And she hit it anyway. It was she right in the fly. middle of her backswing. Yeah. I do think you're the good luck charm, though. That's good. I'll take credit. That's good. They were. They won. They won both. Uh, they beat both schools. They did. It got close a few Those times. girls were vanquished. They're not even schools anymore. No. They no, we have they took their accreditation it. away. Yeah, it was like sorry. It's like if you can't play volleyball, right. I don't know how you think you're going to educate these Where kids. Where are you going to learn? What, what business do you have learning how to read? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we noticed, uh, and your father-in-law talked about this too. They had banners up, and some of them said it was whatever school, and they're the Eagles. And some of them said Lady Eagles, and some of them said Eaglets. Eaglets. Yeah. Is it Eaglets or Eaglets? I don't know. Eaglets. I or think it was Eagle- the Eaglets. Isn't this a like made-up an an- word? It's like an anklet. <laughs> It's like a, an eagle that you wear around your ankle. What is it? But, but he was just like, why do we differentiate? And it was like one year Like, why can't other? it just be an eagle? Like, why does it have to be a lady eagle? And I was like, why are you trying to take away gender roles? Wow. Oh, he loved it. was that. really unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to say gender is a construct? Oh, my goodness. For mascots, I think it kind of is, and it's dumb. Well, you know, it's, a t- it's a touchy subject, though, because we had a AD at Tennessee that removed Lady Falls. Oh, okay. It was a big, big deal. Yeah. And so when Fulmer was 80, he brought it back. And like that was the thing. Because Lady Vols is a 
long-term right. tradition. And we have a lot of championships associated with right. that name. And so they, they brought back Lady Balls because a lot of universities was getting rid of the... the but it is odd. Like, if you never had it, it'd be weird to add it. Like, if you're the Tulane Green Wave, you don't need the, we're the Lady Green Wave. No, you're not. You're just the Green Wave. I mean, I don't know. I think, again, the... What people were upset about with the Lady Vols was it was like. How do you tell the Lady Green Wave from the like Male Green Wave? Some male you gotta lift up the wave. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some male athletic director decided that yeah. this would be more egalitarian, and they're like, okay. no one asked us what we wanted. Yeah, he was trying the to be more Lady Vols. He was trying to outwoke yeah. the people who were like, this isn't an issue with us. Right, we we want to be. This. We like the distinction. Yeah. Okay, I, I can go. We there. are a more storied program than the men. Okay, but I will say this. At least pick and choose one and don't be the Lady, Lady Eagles, Eagles and, and the Eaglets. Yeah. Pick one. If I remember correctly. Because it looks like two different schools. You're like, what era was this? I think it was like one banner. It was like 2011 said Lady Eagles. 2012 said Eaglets. And the 2013 said Lady Eagles again. It was oh, like they had switched. Somebody, I want to know what the athletic directors. They fired that person. Controversial backstory for that particular middle school out there. Are we trying to County? erase history? Oh, my goodness. I've seen it a hundred times. <sighs> we want to write. We can't get a banner. We can't get a ladder tall enough to get that banner down. We're just I like, you know what? History. Just leave it. We can't get up there. <laughs> Who's got time for that? <laughs> People protesting outside. <laughs> and listener, we know it's been short today, mm. but we hope that you have enjoyed the time that we've taken as we ran through a rainstorm to yeah. get here. Yeah, because we care. And Johnny's fancy life, we're having to run over to an interview now. I'm sorry, you um, guys. I hope, I hope that you feel better up there in your ivory tower, Johnny. It's great up here, I got to tell you. I can see the whole city. I get room service. It's amazing. But no, hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, Make sure you go to our website. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Yeah, where you can see. All of our episodes are Mm. archived there. Mm -hmm. You can even go to our Patreon, Mm. kick in a few shekels. We appreciate our Patreon supporters so much. They help us make more things and get the word out about the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can also, uh, officially, you can go to notsoblackandwhitebook.com. Oh, nice. Notsoblackandwhitebook.com. And you can start reading a sample chapter and you can pre-order the book there. And I would, I would ask listeners, if you have engaged in what we've done here on this podcast and you want to hear more, go pre-order that book. That will help out uh, when it comes out in October. So check it out and read some. Get us on the bestseller list. Mm. I say us like I'm involved No, I'll all. take you, Johnny. Okay. You're going with us. Thank you so much. When I list it, it's going to be like me and Reggie and Johnny. Thank you. It's like... By Reggie Dabbs. But less so Johnny. And John Driver with Johnny W. (laughs) (laughs) Featuring. Forward by Johnny Davis. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to put put his title. Yeah. uh, uh, 1987 Bible Quiz (laughs) champion. champion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put that on my resume now. The runner up. So, but... uh, Hey, thank you guys for listening, though, and uh, send us your questions, your comments, anything you want us to talk about, because that's what we do here on Talk About That. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, 
We study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.